You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville. Today, my guest is Amanda Howard, who is an Associate Professor at the University of Sydney's School of Education and Social Work. Amanda's teaching and research relates to social work, that is, the social connections and dynamics found when groups of people, communities, come together and do things. We chat about the importance of social work in understanding how human systems and structures work, as well as the ideas around inclusion, exclusion, and how power within a group is distributed. Amanda outlines a key aspect of her research, assets-based community development, specifically in response to floods, bushfires, and other Australian natural disasters. These ideas find a deeper significance when used to make tangible changes in the world. For example, in the revision and development of policies and procedures that impact communities. Here's my conversation with Amanda Howard. Lovely morning this morning. It is a lovely morning in amongst nature and the farm. Listen to the roosters crow, the bird life. It's got a still cool morning for the yeah. So for the hot day that's coming. Oh, it's going to be a hot day. I think it's going to be a hot day. Okay. So thanks for the coffee. No problem at all. So I want to know how um, what you what you studied at uni or what you did at school or how did you kind of um, uh, what sort of foundations did you have in order to get to where you are now? What what you're doing? Um, yeah. And I guess, how would you describe what you do? Yeah. Um, I guess, well, what I do, you know, formally is work at a university and do teaching and research. But what I actually do in the content of that is work with communities. And um, I find that communities are endlessly fascinating because of the different dynamics that are going on because it's really quite complex there's a lot of factors that make people behave in particular ways or that bring people together or that drive people apart as a collective so I'm kind of really interested in that I, I guess you know how did I come to that I think um, I think you know probably probably from when I was a kid and, you know, we played in the cul-de-sac and, you know, there was kids, you know, around the area and it's kind of interesting in groups and how people, how people um, come together around, you know, whether it's playing cricket or it's, you know, the bushfire at the end of the street, you know, the, the community comes together or whether it's whatever it is that's going on. So what's on. this bushfire at the end of the street? Well, when know, did that happen? Well, you know, when, where, when, when I grew up, where we lived, it was at the, at the end of, edge of a national park and so there were bushfires often and so when that happened... Everyone, yeah, everyone would be out. What everyone would be Well, you know, the bushfire would start and, you know, suddenly it would be at the end, of, you know, like in the valley. Um, and it was kind of like all hands on deck during that time. So in the 70s, you know, I think that there wasn't a lot of, um, I don't even know if the RFS was a thing, but it wasn't, you know, that you didn't, we never saw many firefighters or whatever else, but it was very community oriented. People actually just had to come together and, um, and look after each other. So, um, I guess I saw that in action. Oh, I you, learned it sounds that. like you experienced yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So I can see, you know, the potential for that and also the ups and downs of, of what that kind of looks like. So it, that probably shaped 
a lot of what I um, what I do now and what my interest is in communities because also they're quite hard like you know people fight with each other you know there's conflicts there's different agendas you know all of that kind of stuff but it's it's where people come together and it's where people do something do things together so, so, so we'll find out a little bit more about the community kind of um, those dynamics and what mm. sort of things that you study mm. in a minute <laughs> but, but just just to kind of set a bit of a foundation mm. where like where do you would you go off to study communities for example do yeah. you when you go to uni or you know is there a subject in high school that you did that triggered an interest or yeah. you know where yep. did it where did that kind of come yeah. from yeah I, I don't think there was any subject at high school um no um, i don't think there was i think there is more now you know like i think there are subjects now that you can study at school but um but not when i was at school um so it's I, I guess you know what did I study I liked I really liked stories and I liked people and I liked to know what happened so I I studied English and history and and, and economics as well at school but you know English and history were the, the things that I liked because of those factors because you could find out about people's stories and you know and the complexities of their lives you know in and how people made sense of the world you know with with words with you know with ideas and I liked history because it kind of um, told multiple stories about what what what's happened and what 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 are the different perspectives on what's happened. So, not not in any way related to oh, I'm going to be a worker who you know works in communities, but you know, just to, to it a adds general to your knowledge. You know, like it adds to your knowledge in, in people, yeah. yeah, in people and how that. And then you know, I guess practically, you know, I studied social work. You know, so that's yeah. how that's how I got to be. You know working in with communities with people so what what sort of stories or what sort of part areas of history for example were you interested in or just everything um oh i was pretty well interested in in everything but i kind of was really interested in um the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century because there was this massive flux of you know there was huge change going on there was knowledge changes socially the world was changing you know there was a lot going on what sort of things period. were going on for, for people that don't know yeah well i guess you know you had this kind of real um uh you know explosion in the idea of scientific thought you know whatever that means yeah. or and systematic ways of actually knowing about the world um and it was so this know. is before the invention of say the automobile yes yes and yeah, yeah. before the invention of of kind of television and stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, before the automobile or at that time, you know. Oh, was and it like then, the steam era? Well, I guess so. Of. That's one one part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, but then later into the 20th century as well, about how things progressed. How does, you know, as you know, how, what are the what are the good, the bad, and the ugly of you know of empires and of changes in human movement and you know migration and 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 how people kind of made their way in the world as technology kind of developed as well. So this kind of people people and technology and places you know and environments that was mm. that was kind of going on all over the world at that time so you know that was what, what that was where I, my interest in history was and then what about was there a particular um story or you know of that era or you know maybe set in that era or stuff like in terms of the in english and literature yeah that kind of thing i think I, oh look i think anything that was for me anything huh, anything in, in kind of literature is kind of good but um you know anything that was anything that was about the human condition and um and and how people kind of lived or you know 
lived and died and the politics and all that kind of stuff. So, look, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. you know, like, <laughs> well, you're going to have to begin. <laughs> this is why we're here. <laughs> I'm all ears. I know. Well, I guess, you know, there's no particular... <laughs> What's, what, what's, uh, and, uh, his, what's his name? <laughs> Sorry, this is... Uh, He's close. This is uh, our rooster who's um, come to uh, live with us to be rehabilitated from <laughs> his previous mm. his previous life where he wasn't popular or um, <laughs> well-behaved. Well, he's certainly, so he certainly raising be, his voice now. He likes to be at the centre of attention. Yeah. Um, Oh, well, so, we'll work. We'll work with him. Yes, that's right. He um, wants to participate in the interview as well. So, so yeah, no particular, um, you know, literature, but you know, everything that was, you know, everything that was about people and about interesting, different stories. Yeah, so. I saw a pile of books in there. Yeah. it's a big yeah. pile of books. Yeah. Yeah. Avid, avid <laughs> reader. Yeah, no. So I kind of I'm very interested in lots of different things around that, and I think that's cool. That's a cool thing if you're interested in people. You, should, you know, it's good to read as many wide-ranging things as you possibly can, yeah. So moving on from, like, you went to university, yep. what did you study? So, yeah, I studied I studied English and history, and then I studied, I did an arts degree, and then I, I went away for a year, and I came back, and I studied um, social work. So I, you know, and, and I, did, I studied that because it was about putting ideas and theories into practice. That was really important for me to go... I really like understanding how this stuff all works, but I also want to do things in the world. Yeah, so when you kind of study social work, is it mm. aligned... <laughs> just, bear, just bear with me. Is it aligned to, like... I know, say, a social worker might work in a hospital. Yeah, and yeah. And so, you know, in some cases it's linked to uh, nursing or something like that. But then how do you... You know, what was your experience? Yeah. I think um, social work is something that people find it difficult to understand because it's really broad, but it's fundamentally about... Ah! <laughs> we'll just bear, bear yeah, with this. sorry about the rooster. He's just very enthusiastic and wants to participate. Um, it's actually about making change in the world. It's actually about thinking about how social structures work, how things exclude people or include people, you know, how, how power gets distributed and resources. And, and working to redistribute stuff and to actually make sure that people who miss out, who, do, who, who could miss out, don't miss out and actually make things, I guess, more fair. That's what the idea is. So where that happens, sometimes it happens in the health system, sometimes it happens in communities, sometimes it happens in, in governments, you know? Sometimes it happens, you know, working with all sorts of different people who, who perhaps have been marginalised or perhaps have been missed out, missing out because of structural issues. So that's what, that's what social work is. Um, so it's not just the place where you work, but it's actually a bigger agenda of change. Yeah. So you did you were you embedded into anything like when you did you become like an in inverted commas a social worker? Yeah. I mean, I worked as a social worker um, as something that was called a social worker when I left uni. And um, where was that? It was in Western Sydney in the youth health service there. Um, and yeah, so I, I did work as a social, and then I worked. Um, as um, a, a youth worker and I worked as a social planner, as a community development worker. So there's lots of different names that I might have been called that social work took me to those different places. You know, whatever the job name was, it didn't matter. But the, the, the fundamental thing was about working with people, working for change, you know, working for, for, for things to be more inclusive. That was the basic thing. Where does that happen? In health, that happens, you know, in communities, in local government, you know, in NGOs, in whatever context. Yeah. So well, you would have been at like a you would would have been a, a practitioner yes but yes. then now or you kind of didn't continue down that 
track, you kind of went folded back in and became more in, interested in the actual research of social work yeah. or, or the teaching of social work. Yeah, it's a funny thing. Like, so I would say what I was a practitioner, if you want to call oh, it I'm that. D- I'm, d- I'm just uh, well, using I'm, lingo. No, I've no, heard. totally. I, like, I, that was a description of, of what I was. Someone studied and something and then they yeah. go out and, and they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I did that for 20 years, you know, and before I then decided to do a PhD and then I kind of... Gee, that's a long time. You sort of skipped that big <laughs> 20-year chunk. <laughs> but, but I guess also... I don't kind of think about practitioner research teaching as separate things. I think I, I practice, um, I practice, um, so I practice working with people, working with community social work, um, just as much in my job at the uni as I do as I did when I was, you know, working at the youth health service. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you're still doing with working with people, you're still working with, you know, difficult social problems that you're trying to, you know, um, you know shed some light on you're still working with the dynamics between people so it's social work you know it, it's i'm still practicing today even though i'm I, I, you know my job is university yeah no i, I i'm getting a, a sense of that and then with, with your phd can you go into a bit more detail of, of what was involved with that like what what's was yeah. the focus of study the, the focus for the study was um about um a particular way of doing community development which is called asset-based community development or strengths-based community development and um so that's it, it, um i guess it, it's actually about changing the language and changing the frame of the way you look at the social problems or so or even recalibrating them as not problems you know and actually looking at well if I want to actually do something to make a change, which part of the glass should I focus on? The bit that's empty or the bit that's full? And so this whole kind of glass full, glass glass half full, glass half empty, it's kind of like, well, what happens if we use the bit that's half full to actually then address the bits that's, that's empty, which was different to the way I was trained in social work, which was focus on the empty bit and then try and fill that up. So it's actually... So focus on the problem and then try and yeah, solve try it. Yeah, solve the problem. Whereas this actually said, don't focus on the problem, focus on what people can do together which is as why the starting point. And then that's a better launching pad for addressing social problems in creative ways, you know, or in ways that actually engage people um, as, I guess, co-designers or co-problem um, solvers rather than doing two people. So what was it again? A ABCD. Assets-based... Community development. Thinking about things in that way, thinking about how to do research in that way, it, um, in looking at um, focusing on people's strengths, changing power relations, you know, so that um, people can participate and make, be decision makers rather than just have things done to them. Um, that's like the core of my research. So that looks like a whole lot of different things. I work, you know, I work at Sydney Uni now. I used to work at Newcastle Uni. I and I, where, where, what does that look like for people? Well, it looks like. Um, working with people you know with disability under the NDIS and how you know that that big policy change may or may not be including people well you know and what you can do to change that it, it means looking at disasters and looking at you know floods and fires and and climate change and going okay this is a really really this is a really really complex issue how do we actually unravel some of the the, the people side of this you know and see people people are the cause of problems but also people can be the solutions to those problems too so how do you actually work Thanks, Mr. Rooster. Um, that they, how do you actually work in creative ways with people to actually have put stuff on the ground to, to improve that, that issue? In teaching, in research, in practice, that's all what I do now. You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville.
So in terms of your processes that you use, can, mm. you, can you talk us through what, what's involved? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, um, um, good research and good community development are kind of the same thing because the way I would approach research is um, to maximise the participation and the decision making of people who are involved in the research as so um, who are you might describe as research subjects but I tend might to, I? You might if you're a scientific kind of a <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have scientific <laughs> leanings person. yes <laughs> and uh, but you know in terms of thinking about well how do I go about doing it? I could do research where I research on you and I find things out from you I extract extract data from you like a, you got the you know, got your clipboard you. out yeah that's right I might have a survey I might do that sounds um, horribly dehumanizing well it actually casts me as the expert and you as the research subject Ooh, you're just the data I'm source I'm very sensitive know? about that dynamic <laughs> yes so, but do continue so um, you know following on my PhD was a, was actually based on participatory action research which is a different shape of research than that kind of research so participatory action research is where you have the cycle of finding stuff out reflecting on it you know what did we learn here planning okay well what a lot of we teachers next? use that yeah that, totally that it's a method. really popular way because it's actually embedded in the changing world yeah. and how you actually then adapt and change and um respond to what you're finding out rather than going oh, i'm just going to find out and then we'll find it and tell you at the end what the answer was rather than but in, in this way it's kind of about going oh we found out a little bit we, we had a question we went and we actually talked to we all talked together and we talked to you know with other people and we found out about stuff then we come back together in a group of people and go what did we find out what did we learn okay what could we try next that would actually improve this situation a bit more so it's this nice kind of cycle of action and then planning and reflection so the process of finding stuff out is embedded in doing stuff as well in the community. So what were you doing? Like I, yeah. what, what I kind of, my teacher, uh, my teacher mind turns to a case study yeah, or something so, like that. So one example um, that I'm involved in working with um, a group of people now is about um, how do you actually support or how do you find out about and support community-led disaster planning? Right. Um, and so there's this kind of recognition that... What does that mean, though? What's, yeah, what's so community-led disaster so planning? So it means that, you know, perhaps there's been a tendency towards um, that expertise of, like, oh, people who are, you know, who are emergency services people or, you know, like experts of some sort coming in, they they manage the disaster, whatever it so is. If it, um, and we, as a community, I just sit and wait for that to happen. What sort of things are classified as a disaster? Yeah, like so, just to, so floods storms, uh, bushfires. Well, we're kind of surrounded by bushfires yeah, at the yeah. moment. Yeah, so bushfires are the one at the moment, but then, you know, in a few months' time, it could be floods and storms. Heat waves are an increasing one that's, you know, that's a really slow-moving disaster that no one actually um, necessarily thinks about, but okay. more people die in a heat wave than, you know, than in other disasters. So in a, in a kind of lay, lay person's understanding, there's a disaster and it's really bad, and, yeah. you know, that happens, but then... Isn't it just the, the kind of, um, you know, the, the ambulance or the yeah. kind of um, other support services, they come and solve everything or they kind of, um, you know, help where they can yeah. or, you know, maybe people need first aid. I didn't realise the complexity maybe of how these things are kind of, um, you know, researched and, and what there's obviously more going on. Yeah, and I think there's, there's, a, is, there's lots of different things going on. And I think one of the things is that they're... they're that that a there actually aren't enough um, people with uniforms. Um, also, 
in the, the, one of the features of disasters is that people get cut off. So what actually has happened in disasters all over the world is that people, when there's no services come in, there's no kind of emergency kind of management people come so in. So the roads are out. The roads are out, everyone's blocked off. Um, we've only got us here in our little town or our neighbourhood or, you know, our kind of group of houses or whatever. Um, we actually have to make do. We so and, and what people do is they self-organise. They organise themselves to actually look after each other. And so this is where it. the community yeah, dynamics totally. come so, in. So that happens in a crisis over and over again. It's happened over time, you know, all, all through the world. Um, um, and then what often happens is that um, the roads are opened up again and in comes the cavalry. And <laughs> there's a lot of... And, the, and there's, there can right. be you know, really important... You can know, you, good, good resources. Can so you talk comes, us through what that means in well, comes just, the cavalry? Well, it just means that suddenly they've, you've, all, you've got all these formalised kind of experts that come in and go, oh, I know how to put, put out a fire, I know how to rescue people. Well, aren't they I, subject matter experts? experts well, they actually are. But the, the problem is that then when they come into the, the, the community, um, they don't recognise, because they're set up to be the experts, the expertise of the community is not recognised by them. It's invisible to them. So they accidentally often roll over the top of it, stand aside, we're here now as the experts. And the community says, well, we've actually been doing that for the last what, week. What's the you that? Know? Like, what are we've they doing? We've been looking after each other. We've been making sure people who lost their house have somewhere to live. We have, we've been actually making sure that people who lost all their clothes, you know, or don't have enough food actually have have food to eat we've been actually tending to people's emotional you know needs we've been actually sitting with people when they've been traumatized you know we've been working together to actually make sure that um if there's more flood water coming or more fire coming, you know that we're actually going to be safe you know in, in in amongst ourselves we've been doing all that stuff and yeah we're quite exhausted and it's great to have you come to town and, and help us but what often happens is that 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 all of that work that the community's done is not recognized so part of community-led work is actually about recognizing this is an important part of the picture and that f the formalized emergency services it's really important for them to actually be connected with and linked with and cooperate with the community efforts rather than walking working parallel with them or running over the top of them accidentally because if i'm an expert that's what i do i, I come to the front and i tell you what to do you know and i think and i think it creates a whole lot of problems in communities and it also actually undermines their resilience or you know their strength to actually look after themselves it's not to say that emergency services aren't needed they are but how do we work in a complementary way together that's the that's the problem and that's that and the action research around that is to actually go how is it that communities and emergency services can work better together how is it that community efforts which are often well always voluntary you know always often you know spontaneous how can that actually be supported in a way that actually is good for everyone in a in a in a crisis in a in an emergency. Yeah, can we just go back to the 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 thing that you said earlier about the the kind of there's a problem if there's been a disaster like mm -hmm. a flood or a yeah. fire, and then that's 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 a problem that needs yeah. to be solved. I can I can see how that way of thinking is kind of. Uh, quite different mm. I guess it's more of a conventional oh here this is some horrible thing that's happened yep. let's solve it yep. bring in the experts yep. they'll know what to do yep. Yep. but then what you're outlining is that the communities are often already on board yep. solving yep. small and large problems yep. and then that's then kind of invisible yeah and so it become it's invisible so it gets swept aside or not recognized so there's a sense that that's not even 
that's not valuable, you know, that those efforts that are being made by the committee are not valuable or they're kind of secondary to the important efforts that are made by the experts who the, come in. These are the assets that you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, totally. The, the right. assets are, well, can you give us like a well, so, outline some yeah, of the assets? So, for example, in, you know, a community might be cut off by fire or a flood um, and what they do quickly is say, okay, well, what have we got? We, we, we don't have... We don't have a fire truck or we don't have a, you know, whatever at the moment, you know, we don't have emergency services here to help us at the moment. What have we got? Okay, well, we might have a pub, you know, or which has some accommodation. We might have a whole set of relationships, you know, because... Like what? It, because all the people in so-and-so know so-and-so in town, they know who might be in need, they know whose house has gone, how many people might, you know, need some help because they have a disability, how many people might, you know... So that knowledge of kids, that is an know, asset. Yeah, who are the older people in the area that might need some support or that actually have a whole lot of knowledge that we could tap into um, to actually understand what's going on here because actually they know the way the river flows or you know the way the fire's gone in the past and that could be really useful knowledge to us so communities actually use relationships and then use those informal kind of networks between people to actually come together um, and that's quite different and that's a really important thing because those people know who's in need and people know how who 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 can connect with who who's got who's got a barbecue who's got a you know generator who's got expertise around you know knowing um, people who are in need in the community, you know, who's who's just really great at just sitting with people, you know, and hanging out with them. Who is on the board, on the committee for the local showground, so they got the key to open up the hall, you know, so we can actually put stuff in. So it's really practical stuff, right through to really emotional stuff that they communities do, and they do it, they all they do it themselves. Yeah, you kind of. So, um, I took note before when you said this is a, a thing. It's yeah. like the, you know over throughout mm. history. It happens, you know, so. Yeah, and it's where the, those systems, which actually self-organise, then clash with yeah, that's much what more, I was much interested more in. kind of formalised systems, where which are more hierarchical. Talk us through yeah. what happens in that. Well, whether it's a moment or yeah. you know what what are what are some sort of less than optimal well, interactions. Yeah, so I think often what happens is rather than coming into a community and go, okay, what's happening here? What's going on? Who's what are the systems that are in place here that are actually haven't been homegrown? Um, emergency kind of responses come in and go, the here's the pattern. Yeah, the cavalry comes in and goes, here's the pattern that we know. The pattern is that people need, you know, access to Centrelink or they need, you know, like uh, accommodation or they need payments or they need um, physical safety, you know, fire backburning or they need, you know, the, um, to be rescued or they need infrastructure, you know, so that there are these things that people need. And it goes to this formula. When we come in, you do this. Everyone's really has a very regimented role that they do. It's they call it command and control. It's 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 actually a um, military kind of operation. Sounds um, sounds so, like military yeah, operation. Yeah, it's a military uh, mindset and wouldn't, assumption. Wouldn't there be efficiencies in that approach? There's, there's absolutely efficiencies in that uh, approach. However, there's inefficiencies as well because it doesn't adapt to the local environment because because of that lack of instead of coming to the local environment and going look we can offer um, money we can offer you know infrastructure assistance we can offer people you know who have particular expertise to rebuild the bridge or to you know to actually you know backburn the fire um, how can we actually work with you to make that happen that that expertise comes in and goes stand aside we in whenever there's an emergency we always do this this and this that's what we will do here and people go oh well 
Yeah, that'd be really great. But we've actually, it'd be great for you to help with the, with the back burning. But actually, we've got the whole feeding people, you know, and accommodation sorted. So, you know, maybe some extra resources to help us that with that. We've got, they go, no, 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 you are now out of the picture. Wouldn't you get, yeah, to, I can imagine you know, a scenario where it's like, well, no, mate, you're going to have yeah. to step aside. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know, yeah, the boys in blue are here, yeah, or that that's type right. of thing, or that's the boys right. in you're orange. Not, yeah, we, and we need to be in charge of the situation. We need to be in charge of the situation because we have expertise. now. Authority. This, yeah, and authority. And so... I think that's then disempowering for communities when it comes disempowering in that Disempowering for it communities, is. Well, yeah. It it I can people, imagine it would be. People actually get cast aside and they're like, well, actually, we're doing pretty well, but no one even tells us that we're doing well. Or, you know, they just go, oh, yeah, right. You, you clearly need us, so stand aside so we can come in. And I, that's not a, you know evil intention by the emergency service. It's just the way that system works. It rolls, it rolls out, it rolls over the top. It's an operation. You know, it's an organised operation. The problem is that it actually um, there's already a, a community ecosystem that's actually in, in place. People are actually knowing what we know what's happening in that, and who needs who and who can leverage what resources. You know, who can who can actually connect people together. You know, who can supply you know a washing machine to someone. You know, who needs their clothes washed. Who can actually give, give accommodation. Who can do food. Who can do um, whatever. Who can mind the kids. You know, while someone you know has a bit of a rest. All of that stuff. This really relational stuff. So that's a, that's a. Um, that, I guess that's at the heart of it. There's this two clashing systems. You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville. So this all seems like it's part of quite complex human mm. systems. Yep. And I mean, how do you get a, how do you wrangle everything that's going on? Because yep. surely as a researcher, you kind of, um, there's certain protocols and processes and, and, you know, these sort of systems are so complex. Yep. So, how, you know, what's, what, what's going on? for you in terms of how you interact with these these systems yeah i mean i think one of the one of the one of the most important things you know in in working with people in this way or in researching this way or in actually just i guess making space for community process and community stories to happen is that you have to it's really important not to have a set agenda to go in and go okay well i've decided what the outcomes of this project are going to be you know i've decided what the goals are what the processes are and i'm just going to roll this out and you're just going to participate as someone who follows my lead isn't that the foundation of a lot of research though you have a kind of research question and you go out to answer it so for yeah it, it is but in this particular research that you're not just being like the uh, expert researcher who's you know observing from afar you're actually observing from the thick of action right so you're actually having impact on what's happening so for example when you in 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 the project that I just talked about we were talking about communities um, I might be at a meeting of community I'll give you an example where there's a, there's, a, there's this local community and they want to come together they've got they've got a whole lot of threats that are coming their way you know they can they can be flooded they can be um, they're, you know they're currently in the middle of a bushfire crisis there's a whole lot of things happening and that community wanted to do some stuff together. They wanted to actually act together to increase people's awareness and also just, you know, um, build up strengths in the community to, to respond to those disasters. But you're not, sorry, I just want to clarify, you're not in there while the disaster's happening. They're just telling the story after, afterwards? Well, I am or because, because you, you, well, I kind of am because you were in the community 
for whatever's happening in that community. So when we started this project, I was at community meetings and there was no disaster and people were talking about what was going to happen. But now, uh, just before Christmas, I was at the Carols in this local community, which is surrounded currently surrounded by bushfires, where the community members I was talking to at the community event, and this is one of the things too, you actually, you've got to, you can't go, oh, I'm just going to come to the meetings or I'm just going to interview you in, on my terms. I have to go there. I have to go, where does, where does the community event, where are people interacting where can I observe stuff you know where can I talk to, to people so they were at the at this big community event about carols um, and they were um, surrounded by bushfires and the people in the community were talking about their direct experience of this is what's happening to me oh this is what I've learned because I, I went and um, you know um, answered the phones you know like at the RFS headquarters or I went I was talking to people in the community whose house got burnt down you know like and that oh, was so, it's, so it's a so, broader it's a broader kind of catchment if that's the word yes. of it's not like oh the disasters happened and now it's over yeah, it's no, actually no. a lot bigger yeah totally well and it's it goes with whatever's happening in that community so not we didn't plan for to be in doing this research when there's a middle of a bushfire crisis but that's what's happened so that's where we are now and so where we are is talking to and making space for those community expertise I've been up at you know I've been up at Mark's place. His shed just burnt down. This is how he's. This is what he's saying. All right, that's information we need to know. This is how he, what his experience is. All right, how did the system work? How did it not work? How could things change so that Mark's experience would be much different? You know, if that happened again, or you know, that he would be. Oh, that was really good. He was really well supported. This is what worked really well to support him through that crisis. You know, and then in the long term. So then in January I'll go back talk to people again how's it all going oh yeah well Mark's you know finding it really difficult to you know access any his, his insurance they're not paying up or they you know they and um, the community's all left town you know and he's left in his shed by himself so he's really isolated or whatever so then we go okay this is what happens after a disaster here's an example that you know that when Mark's shed burns down or when his house burns down you know this is what happens what can we learn from that to make sure that you know, I, I guess to, to, to assist in making sure that Mark's experience ne next time or now or other people's experience next time isn't isn't the same or is the same or, you know, you know, they get support that they need. They get the practical assistance that they need. You can only do that by actually walking along with people without an agenda. So there, I'm not saying this is, this is you know, what people need is this information, this, you know, this particular outcome or this particular process, but saying, you know, what we need to do is actually we need to go in and find out when Mark's house burns down, what's happening? Who are the other community people? What's going on? What's the emergency services doing? How do you it's know what to moment. look for? I think you actually listen. You listen for, you need to look for and listen for um, those stories as they come out. What are you, are you, are you recording them like we're you, recording now? Or are you writing yeah, them down? Sometimes or? you're recording stuff. Sometimes you're writing stuff down. Sometimes you're actually cataloging it in your head through observation and listening and then going and writing a big memo, you know, like or a reflection afterwards of saying, okay, this, I just talked to Mark and this is what, you know, he was saying and this is how, these are, the th these are the issues that are coming up. And that's really similar to Amanda's experience. And are you, you know? working like in a team or by yeah. yourself no i'm working in a team of people so this research all happens in, in, in a team of people um so a team of researchers but also with community members who are co-researchers so they're actually contributing to the research and then the research is contributing to their um response to you know the disaster and and giving knowledge back so that they can apply you know so i might be talking to 10 different people and i can take that knowledge to four or five different people you know people in the co-researchers who are going oh, well, this is what I learned from these 10 people. Okay, well, then how can we actually now, if we're going to go up to X community, you know, and actually talk to them about being ready for the bushfire that's coming their way, we'll 
tap into that knowledge to that and then they go oh this is what i found out of this community where we when we went up there everyone seemed organized you know like and they know knew what to do or there were three streets that knew what to do but actually there were two that no one even knew you know what was going on there or no one answered the door or and then had a consequence yeah and so that knowledge comes back to the thing and back to the research okay now we've learned about you know what happens when there's isolated people in the community what do we need to do because our strategy for getting everyone involved is really great for 80 percent of the people but 20 percent of the people they're not answering their door so what do we need to do there so the, i guess that process of actually it's real life real time Keep, keeps research. you on your toes by the sounds totally. of it. and you have to go and be wherever the information is not not just waiting for the information to come to you and so what to what extent can these sort of things be abstracted and and applied elsewhere yeah or, th- you know the things so local yeah that, you know i think that's a good question and i think it's what what people always want because they tend to want can't we just have the same pattern on and we just like put the pattern of cookie cutter on each community and <laughs> cookie cutter on each community well, it is. this is yeah. the cookie this is the shape of the cookie on each community um and i think that's been a problem that's that's the that's the formalized kind of response you know we always have this person and this person doing this um but i i think that systems need to be more adaptive formal systems need to be all more adaptive because there are ideas that that are the same but those things look different in local context and they have to look different in local context because of the dynamics or the place of geography or whatever that's going on in that place. So we have to not think in formulaic ways, we actually have to think in adaptive ways. <coughs> Just like a rooster does. <laughs> um, I guess it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so, so that it, that's that, it's that difference of thinking not oh yeah, this is what we always do. We'll just have, like, these are three things that we always do, but about saying those three things might, you know, there's an essence of truth underneath them, but they actually might look quite different in a community where different things are going on. So this is all, like, jolly good. Mm. So what, do you ever experience any, whether it's pushback or obstacles or other, you know, because it's it's a pretty, uh, it might be confronting for somebody that's... And, and I guess what happens yeah. then, like, mm. you know, how... Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's been a, that's a constant theme because there is constant pushback because you're, what you're saying is it's not simplistic. It's not, you can't just have a three-point three formula that you just, you know, apply. You have to think creatively. And, and that's actually not what people want to hear. It's not what systems want to hear because it's, it's kind of, it's not simple and it's expensive and, it, you know, and it needs to be resourced properly. And so often that there's pushback saying we can't be you know we can't be funding that stuff or we can't be you know we can't be um, in community supporting them every single community why can't we just have three points that we just apply to every community but we've done that and it actually hasn't worked very well so yeah. you know we need to actually recognize that you actually can't do anything you can't like you can't fight a bushfire without you know without water and you know fire retardant and planes and all that kind of stuff in the same way you can't actually have a community supported process or a resilient community just leaving people in the dark and not actually supporting them in any way so things have to be resourced but that's not a story that you know often governments want to hear or you know or can hear and there's and there's that you know there's a classic case right now with the with the volunteer firefighters where there's this debate about should people get supported you know should people get some sort of payment or should they get their expenses paid because they're off work for like three or four months um that's kind of a classic example and then we have this debate about whether that should be oh that would kill volunteerism well it probably won't but it actually recognizes this work is important and it should be resourced 
So whatever that looks like, that's a, that's again a, that's a complicated conversation that we have to go in. It's not like this. Oh right, we'll just do this. You know, that's that's the, the one answer. There's no one answer ever. And so and so I guess that's where research processes like yours ha- they provide evidence yeah, of absolutely of this is this is what works and this is what that doesn't work this is these are some of the things that actually do work in this context but you have to adapt them across to different contexts and what what works what what do, and we can also see what doesn't work and we've kind of mapped processes that doesn't work if you come in if i come and actually just shout at you for an hour about how complacent you are or you know like I, I, I actually just off the top of your head or just just <laughs> give you which I think people accidentally do because they're feeling anxious and you know they've also got no resources and they go right I'm just going to tell you what you need to do oh right but if yeah. I do that very didactic kind of way of going about it we know that that actually has no effect on people or they just become disengaged from it community members actually just walk away from that that process however if I actually walk along with you and I actually go, okay, Mark, so what's happening at your house and what's happening at your house? Who's connected to whom? And I actually find stuff out and, and go, okay, well, maybe we could do this together. Or have you talked to, you know, this person? Sounds they very like a foundation of respect. Yeah, that's the, that's the fundamental thing. We know that works. Like that's actually, but it takes time and it takes energy and it, it, it requires you not to have an agenda, but to actually walk along and be ready to adapt and to, link thing, to look for links, to observe what links are there between people, who's got who, who's linked with who, who's got resources that could be actually applied here, and then that's, that's the way to do it. So then if you've got like a, 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 a bag of findings yeah. and, you know, things that are known to work, and yep. how do you go about yeah. implementing or, yep. or sharing them or bringing to yeah. light, like uh, rolling them out? Yeah. How, how does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's lots of different ways. One of the ways is through really formalised kind of presentations of the findings, so a, as many different forums as you possibly can. So whether that's whether that's at conferences, whether that's in community forums, whether that's at policy meetings, you know, of, of government departments, whether that's in writing, you know, in writing kind of academic kind of papers or whether that's doing a blog post or a podcast or, you know, or online or it's sitting in a community meeting, you know, where people are trying to work out what to do and go, oh, well, can I just share what we found out in this research? Is that helpful for you? You know, making stuff available to people, that's a really important and at different levels. So I think that really important thing, it has to be, at the really grassroots level, right through to you know, the you know the premier or you know the the the, the policymakers in Canberra or you know whoever it is. So, looking looking for every opportunity to get that those ideas out there, and also then to look at all right, this is what we've learned so far. Then what can we get? What, what can we learn next? And looking for further kind of, I guess there's always more questions to ask and more things to find out. So um, so research isn't an endpoint; it's kind of a starting point for lots of other questions. And I think that's that that that's also important to go. Okay, we found out this much so far, but what haven't we found out? And what do we need to find out that makes that will actually increase people's safety resilience you know connectedness yeah and then what about like say procedures and policies and just into say a, a department that's a, yeah. a kind of a, a support service yeah, yeah. How, like the cycles can't be quick i'm no. sure surely they, they take no. time to yeah, absolutely to kind of, you can't just um have something that somebody's developed or discovered and then just start running no. with it it's kind of it's, it like it, it's almost like a five to ten year cycle to make any change you know and also a lot of the research that this is what this is all about it's some of it's about policy change absolutely but a lot of it's about cultural change and cultural change in organizations and in communities takes a long time so like community development work which also takes you know it's generational change that's what you're actually looking at so it's a long-term process you can get s- small changes but you, if you're wanting cultural change in an organization that takes a long time 
and I think we've just got to be in there for the long haul. And the research can support that process to build evidence over the long haul, which I think's a really important thing, but not something that's or it's necessarily palatable for people who just want the quick fix, you know? Can't you just give me the one-page summary that'll just make everything fantastic? Well, no, you can't. I can give you the one-page summary, but it won't make everything fantastic. <laughs> In this episode, I chatted with Amanda Howard, a social work researcher at the University of Sydney. You can find more information about this episode, including links to various research papers and publications in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Perspectives in Parryville. 